Now it's time to see who has the heart. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. This is your fight. Now go out there and take it. You lollygag the ball around the end. You lollygag your way down the first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. Do you know what that makes you? Larry. Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. Welcome to the Best of Tailgate Talk, where we go back into the archives and hear some of our special guests you may have missed the first time around. We'll be back with the Best of Tailgate Talk after this. Come see all your friends at Applebee's in Athens. 12 minutes guaranteed or it's free Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Seven items to choose from. Can't make it for lunch? Visit them for happy hour, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. or late night. Half-price appetizers with beverage purchase, six appetizers to choose from. Call 233-4430 or order online at Applebee's.com and pick your meal up with car side to go. Applebee's Neighborhood Grill, Highway 72 in Athens, just off I-65. Eating good in the neighborhood. Real estate, real easy. That's the motto at Innovative Realty Solutions, and providing the highest quality real estate services is their mission. With sound real estate advice, the latest information, and a skilled analysis of the real estate market, Innovative Realty Solutions offers a better home buying and selling experience with a fair, ethical, and, yes, innovative process. Innovative Realty Solutions. Visit them on Facebook, online at InnovativeRealtySolutions.com, at 100 North Clinton Street in Athens, or call 230-5950. Innovative Realty Solutions. Real estate, real easy. When things go wrong, State Farm is here to help life go right. And Agent Michael Howell is the one who can help get things back on track. See Michael for your auto, home, life, health, property, and business insurance and be ready for those unexpected twists that life throws at you. Ask about banking and annuities, too. Call State Farm Agent Michael Howell at 232-5400. Visit him online at michaelhowell.net or go see him at 903 South Clinton Street in Athens. State Farm Agent Michael Howell. There when things go wrong here to help life go right from day one first national bank has been built on a strong foundation of community first first to lend a helping hand first to help with community events and fundraisers first to support local students athletic programs and civic organizations first to support events like united way relay for life and many more charitable events and most importantly working for our great community without you there'd be no first national bank making communities great together that's what we strive for equal housing lender member fdic the world is changing Changes. The Tailgate Talk app has changed. It's got a new name and a new look. It's now known as PAS Plus, and it's your home for Applebee's Tailgate Talk, along with James Clement Sports and Calhoun Basketball. Ooh, change never heard, huh? Look for the download links at pasnetwork.net or tailgatetalk.net. PAS Plus, play action sports, plus a little extra. PAS Plus, from play action sports. We're back with another edition of the Best of Tailgate Talk. This week, our lineup includes a conversation we had with Super Agent Lee Steinberg, who was the influence for Tom Cruise's Jerry Maguire character. We also have a visit with Dale Tafoya, author of the book One Season in Rocket City, How the 1985 Huntsville Stars Brought Minor League Baseball Fever to Alabama. We'll also hear from UAH Athletic Director Cade Smith when we visited there back in February. 
We go back to baseball with a talk with Ron Rappaport, who wrote the book Let's Play 2, The Legend of Mr. Cub, The Life of Ernie Banks, back in 2019. And we wrap things up with Jordan McRae, former center for the Birmingham Stallions, who were USFL champions last year. By the way, things are looking good again this season as they sit atop the South Division. Keep it here. Applebee's Tailgate Talk will be right back. P4 Physical Therapy is a new outpatient provider offering community-based care with a unique partnership model that allows them to consistently deliver world-class outpatient care, emphasizing personalized hands-on treatment. Whether it's orthopedic, physical, geriatric, or manual therapy, sports or neuro rehab, telehealth, or most any type of muscle or joint pain, P4 Physical Therapy promises to treat you with integrity, compassion, faithfulness, and selflessness. Locations in Athens, Huntsville, and Winfield, Alabama, as well as Fayetteville and Knoxville, Tennessee. Look for them on Facebook or online at p4physicaltherapy.com. Daily and Son Car Care is Ardmore's only one-stop auto repair and tire shop. Whether it's major mechanic or brake work or routine maintenance like an oil change or lube job, Daily and Son Car Care has been satisfying customers all over with their fast and friendly service. They're also your headquarters for quality Cooper tires. Stop by and see Wayne, Nikki, or Dale at 25600 Main Street in Ardmore, Tennessee, or call them at 931-427-4651. They're on Facebook, too. Daily and Son Car Care, open Monday through Friday, 730 till 5, and Saturday, 730 till noon. Temperatures are not the only thing starting to sizzle. Fiber fast internet from Ardmore Telephone Company is fire. Switch or upgrade to a gig for only $89.90 a month. Stream summer blockbusters. Use your Wi-Fi to monitor your smart grill. Cool off with connected smart home devices. And so much more. Call 800-830-9946 to get gig connected today. That's 800-830-9946. Introductory prices for new fiber customers only. With all the technology around us today, it's hard to keep up. Goldsmith Technical Services specializes in residential and commercial computer and electronics repair, automation, IT services, and home theater systems and audiovisual services. Goldsmith Technical Services. Call or text 256-203-4226. Visit them on Facebook or online at goldsmithtechnical.com. Let them tailor a package that meets your needs. Goldsmith Technical Services. 256-203-4226. While others have come and gone, the Lion's Den Gym has been roaring as a workout and exercise fixture in Athens, growing from its humble basement beginnings in 1981 to their current 10,000 square foot location at 212 Commercial Drive in Athens. The Lion's Den offers 24-7 access to their ever-expanding equipment collection that includes treadmills and climbers, elliptical trainers, stationary bikes, loose weights and dumbbells, and over 45 different weight machines. Contact the Lion's Den Gym about a membership today at 256-652-2627. Visit them online at lionsdengym.com or on Facebook, The Lions Den Gym, 256-652-2627. Have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events? Some fans seem angry. They lack civility toward one another. Some even get aggressive and unruly. Time out! What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons like perseverance, respect, and empathy so students can learn and grow as people 
not just as players. We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. So fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at interscholastic athletic events in Alabama. This message presented by the AHSAA and the Alabama High School Athletic Directors and Coaches Association. Tune in every Tuesday through Thursday this coming football season for the WKAC Coaches Shows. Join us as we get the scoop from Ardmore, Athens, Clements, East Limestone, Elkmont, James Clemens, Tanner, and West Limestone. The WKAC Coaches Shows coming in August on 1080. Welcome back to the Best of Tailgate Talk on 1080 WKAC. We are joined by Super Agent of the Stars of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, these are current guys, so he, he can tell us who all he's had in the past, but we're talking about current guys, and this guy's a pretty mega star right now, Patrick Mahomes, Jerry Judy, but we're going to talk about probably one of our favorite guys, <laughs> my, my, my guy, Tua Tungvaluwa, and he's also had a movie made about him. Uh, we've heard this movie before. Had Tom, had uh, Tom Cruise play him, I guess, uh, Jerry Maguire. But we're joined now by Lee Steinberg. Lee, how you doing? Good morning. Nice to talk to you. Good talking to you. So, uh, Lee, uh, you've had you've had a lot you've had a lot of people over the years that you've uh, you've represented. But uh, like I said, here in Alabama, uh, we're all excited about the guy you've got right now, Tua Tungvaluwa. So um, I thought he was the best quarterback in the draft, and thought that uh, that he would make a franchise quarterback. So, so how has it been being around him? You know, everybody, you know, in Alabama just fell in love with him about being humble and just being just a great kid. So, how have you, the last uh, year or so you've been around him, how have you felt being around this kid? So, he, he's been that way. And um, it's really the fact that he was brought up by parents who taught him basic values, spiritual values, an understanding that family and spiritual values and trying to make a difference in other people's lives are important. He's already gone back and established a scholarship at his, um, he's already done a scholarship at his high school back in Hawaii. And he's got plans for a charitable foundation. And he'll end up doing something at the University of Alabama because his whole philosophy is giving back to others. That's great. Now, Patrick Mahomes seems to be kind of a similar personality, too, to me. Um, well, the, the ba- you're right. The basic part of our practice is the athlete is role model. And we only take the athletes that are going to be high character. So what's what's it like in the, the, the life of a, a sports agent? Because to, to me, you know, you – the way you are sounding to us, you seem kind of laid back and calm and just uh, almost 180 degrees yeah. from the way Tom say, Cruise was. Yeah, it's got to be a stressful job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've done this since 1975. Wow. And I started, I started back then. I was uh, going to college, 
I, I was going to law school, and I was a dorm counselor in an undergraduate dorm. And they moved the freshman football team into the dorm. One of the students was Steve Barkowski. And in 1975, he became the very first player picked in the NFL draft. So that's how I started my career. Wow. And uh, and then I saw that athletes could be role models. And, and if you would root them back into their communities, they would um, be able to make a positive difference. And, and that's the way I've looked at it. So we've had 64 first-round draft picks in football. Uh, the very first pick in the NFL draft, eight different years, 11 wow. of our players in the Hall of Fame. And, and that's Steve Young and, and Warren Moon and Troy Aikman and, uh, you know, uh, the defensive lineman Bruce Smith. And, but I started in Alabama all the way back in 1984 where I had Walter Lewis, who was the quarterback yes. of the team, and he went on to be quarterback in the USFL at Memphis. But my biggest client ever before Two and Judy was Derek Thomas. Love Derek Thomas. Made, yes. Who made the Pro Bowl, you know, not every year he was alive. Yeah. What what kind of guy was he, uh, Lee? Derek was amazing. He stood next to uh President Clinton on Memorial Day because Derek had lost his father in the uh, who was a pilot in 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 the Vietnam War and um, and he spoke for the aspirations of all young uh, people who lost their parents. Um, he had a program for children's literacy called Third and Long. Um, he was incredible and he was student body president of the NFL. He. Uh, uh, had more friends. He he could have won uh, in a landslide, and so he was fun and charismatic. Now I'm a Cowboys fan too. So you said Troy Aikman. So you definitely perked my ears up when when you said Troy Aikman. So I that that's definitely one of the guys that uh, I, I, I'm impressed with you having there too. Well, uh, we went. Uh, they went to three Super Bowls, and on that team, I had. Troy Aikman, Daryl Johnston, Russell Maryland, Darren uh, Woodson, um, and uh, a whole slew of, uh, of players. And it started with Jerry Jones back in 1989. Wow. That's, wow. that's pretty now, good. Now, Lee, are you related to Mark? No. You know, the fun, funniest thing ever was one time there's a picture of him and Tiger Woods, and uh, – but down below on the caption, it said Lee Steinberg. So uh, uh, that poor guy, <laughs> you know, it, uh, uh, no, no. Um, Steinberg is like Schmidt or Jones, you know, in California. <laughs> so let me, let me ask this, Lee. This is Todd. So, you know, you represent a lot of people, a lot of athletes, coaches, whatever. Um, how many times, and in, in if it's come up, has, say, maybe a coaching job come up, and you have two or three coaches that you represent that might particularly want that job, how hard is it to represent them equally and not, you know, maybe uh, – Side with one yeah, over side the other. With one, or at least the others feel like you may be side with one over the other. I mean, I can't even imagine how, how that would work out. You, you, would, you would have to be really clear – so it's not a conflict that you are honest and open with every one of them. 
about the fact that they were all looking for the job, and then you would do the best job you could representing each one, and then, of course, the college or the uh, the pro-institution would make the choice, and uh, sometimes that happens. Um, I'll give you an example with players. Um, a couple years ago, we had two running backs, somebody, uh, a fellow named Aaron Jones and a fellow named Jamal Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Aaron Jones, well, Jamal Williams ends up going into the fourth round to the Green Bay Packers. And then Aaron Jones ends up going into the fifth round to the Packers. <laughs> yeah. Two running backs, only two running backs. And they go to the same team in the same year back-to-back. And uh, so, um, but you've got to represent each one as if they were the only person in the world. Yeah. Wow. Let me ask you this. So I had seen where you had talked about um, the players who are not able to play, like in the Big 12, Big 10. Uh, you know, you feel yes. like they should have the opportunity to transfer to other schools. And and I can't totally disagree with that. Um, but wouldn't it – I saw yesterday where the NCAA said that they're going to give those players another year of eligibility. So, so now they've got another year. Even if they were able to transfer – wouldn't that kind of throw a little chaos in the in the the way the scholarships are dealt out and kids coming in and leaving and staying and you know what I mean? It's just uh, I understand exactly where so, you're coming so, from. So I hear you, but but here's here's what I would say: where the players are safer playing college football, yeah, I agree. Than people their age group are otherwise, yeah. Um, that, that generation is the one that goes out to parties and, and has contributed to the spike. Now, if I had a son and my choice was having him running around on, uh, with no one really looking after him and Nick Saban telling him that he had to be tested every day, that he had to um, uh follow these rules that he had to live in the bubble of an athletic dorm and all the rest of it. I, I bet those college football players are safer and show a lower rate of, uh, of coronavirus than their non-athletic peers. And um, I'm just talking about fairness. I have all these fathers calling me now because their sons are juniors or underclassmen. And they don't know what to do because they're in the Big Ten or the Pac-12, and uh, they've decided not to play. Mm -hmm. And the college can make that choice, but the young athlete ought to be able to do it. Now, we know that a lot of them are on a college campus only because it takes three years for them to uh, be able to come out from their high school graduation to the NFL draft. So uh, I love college football um, and uh, if if a school chooses not to play, um, let the young man have a choice to play. I mean, they've been working for yeah. this since they've yeah. been little kids. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, maybe, and, and I won't say agents representing college kids, but the college kids getting more, um, say, in, in maybe, you know, their likeness being used and things of that nature. Um, in in so cases that, like that, would they need representation? So... Um, <clears throat> Whether they need it or not, they're going to get it because uh, that, <laughs> California passed the rule yeah. um, last year. It was SB 206. And what it said was that they could market their name and likeness 
and um, they could have a marketing agent to do it the minute they got to the college campus. Now, let's be honest and real about this. There's not going to be a whole lot of players that have enough brand ability to benefit from this. It's probably only a football quarterback at a high-profile school. Mm-hmm. Um, so think Johnny Manziel or or Tua or Jameis Winston, someone who gets wins a national championship early. Yeah. Because um, the, most of the players just – you're not going to have an offensive guard right. who has enough profile <laughs> to, to be marketed. So it won't, won't affect a whole lot of players. Hey uh... – Lee, did you help uh, Tua pick out that new house he he got? <laughs> that was a that's a nice that's a nice house he got. <laughs> no, no, but we had we had fun in Gazden uh, draft night because he uh, had sort of taken out this old um, um, like campgrounds. It was sort of like a resort, and uh, every Samoan human being in the United States seems to have been present. For draft night, <laughs> cool. yeah, yeah, we saw. We, you could see the yeah. at the draft. You know, it looked like he had his whole family uh, there, and uh, but you you can tell how close knit his family is, and you, it looks like he got a big enough house that when they come to visit, that they uh, that the, he's got it covered <laughs> when they come visiting. Now, I, yes, exactly. It's uh, um, well, there the concept that um, some of the people that we met have a family is extended family yeah. and yeah. uh and i'm talking about on draft night you saw um, you know the player and maybe his parents sitting there when they got drafted what they didn't show you was a hundred people in the background <laughs> yeah and, and and speak on that a little bit because you know here you are representing these young kids coming in some of them you know having and their families hadn't had a dollar really to their name and now all of a sudden you know they've got wads of it and you know i can't imagine how overwhelming that could be but you know are you able to get not counseling per se but are you able to get them some advice on you know that so-called extended family you know the cousins that you never knew growing up and the friends that you (laughs) were you know third yeah trent richardson situation where he you know gave all his family friends all his money you know basically um are you able to help them with that kind of stuff so from the very beginning, you realize that a player, like most college students, has no idea about the tax code or yeah. how to budget or the fact they're going to have a long uh, life after sports. And they get financial planners in their life, um, and you've got to get one who's ethical that will teach them how to do a long-term budget, how to do a plan, not to to support an extended village, uh, to be prudent with their money. And uh, most of these athletes, you'd be, you'd be surprised. You hear the horror stories, but then most of them end up so scared of ending up bankrupt that they're very careful with their money and, um, and you know, not out investing in silly things. And uh, for most players, if they put their money under the mattress, uh, from the day they got it, they'd have been better financially counseled than than what some players have done. So they they get someone who teaches and supports them in their lives, as well as an agent 
and we work with those financial planners to make sure that um, that that player understands how to build a long-term financial plan. When you talk about horror stories, <clears throat> you don't have to name names here, but have you ever had clients that were so much of a handful mm-hmm. that you might have had second thoughts <laughs> about <laughs> taking them on? You, you usually what we profile. So I'm looking at the backgrounds of people like Jerry Judy and Tua Tonga Vailoa. Um, you know, do they understand they have an obligation to to behave in a circumspect way that they um, cannot be messing with alcohol and driving that can't put their hands on another person in anger. Um, we carefully counsel them to, so prevention is the best cure yeah. to, you know, athletic behavior that is not particularly appropriate. And so uh, we make sure before they ever go out that they understand they're in a fishbowl and, uh, yeah. and pretty careful. And um, I haven't been disappointed a whole lot of times um, because we, we lay that down from the start that fans go to sports. They don't have to go to sports. Fans don't have to go to games. They don't have to watch on TV. They don't have to buy memorabilia. And if you want to keep sports healthy, you better behave. Now, now Lee, do, do the players seek you out, or do you, like, scout them out, like, in their junior – maybe into their sophomore or junior year just to, just to gauge – you know, if, they, if this player might be, you know, the one that you're looking for? So, Tua, for example, had a um, ha- had help in his agent selection process, and the person who helped him run it reached out to us and set up a appointment. That didn't mean that we would be ultimately chosen, but he they were looking for certain types of um, – of uh, agents and and so generally it's the parents who are the screeners okay. sometimes they call the office um if we really want to meet someone we'll call them that which is fine um and and it's usually you're meeting with parents so like with patrick mahomes we met with his parents his mom his dad who was a baseball uh, uh major league baseball pitcher we met with them a number of times. They've got tough questions, and um, they have other people in in the process, a family friend, a lawyer, and you get interviewed. I mean, by the end of it, you could be confirmed, like, for Secretary of State. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Well, Lee, we sure appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk to us and uh Telling us all all the ins and outs of an agent, we had no idea what all went into it, and we appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk to us for yes, a few sir, minutes. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Any any time. Thank you, Lee. We appreciate Thanks, it, sir. Have a good day. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. That was Super Agent Lee Steinberg. We didn't even get to ask him about Jerry Maguire. No. So maybe, maybe we'll get to have him. <laughs> we didn't get to ask him about showing us the money. He, so he may appreciate that. He might, he might have. He might not even <laughs> like the movie. We don't know. So, so uh, we're going to take us a break, and we'll be right back.
Limestone Drug, located on the square in downtown Athens, is your local Health Mart pharmacy. As your local Health Mart pharmacy, Limestone Drug is locally owned and has a personal commitment to the community. Limestone Drug honors prescription drug plans, including Medicare. They accept flex spending cards and fill prescriptions in minutes, not hours. Limestone Drug knows there's nothing more important than your family's well-being. So shop Limestone Drug at 200 West Market Street in Athens. Your local Health Mart pharmacy. Limestone Drug, caring for you and about you. Your roof is the first line of defense for your home. Do you have water stains on your ceiling, paint peeling off your walls, shingles missing? It's probably time for you to get your free roof inspection. Locally owned and operated, licensed and insured, Yellowhammer Roofing is the Yellowhammer State Hometown Team. Yellowhammer Roofing, let our family protect what's most important to you, your family. 256-232-1933 or online at yellowhammerroofing.com. Spick and Span Power Washing. Patios, sidewalks, driveways, houses, roofs, gutters, and windows. Commercial or residential. Serving Athens, Fayetteville, Harvest, Huntsville, Grant, and Coleman. Visit their Facebook page and see what they can do for you. Get your free estimate. Call 256-795-0505. Spick and Span Power Washing. For screen printing, sign printing, banners, logo design, and more, look no further than that shirt printing place. Located at 709 North Jefferson Street in Athens, call 256-444-1827. That Shirt Printing Place. Visit them online at thatshirtprintingplacellc.com. Look for them on Facebook, too. That Shirt Printing Place. 256-444-1927. That Shirt Printing Place. School may be out, but you can still enter your nominations for the Applebee's Athlete of the Week over the summer for the upcoming school year. Just go to tailgatetalk.net and fill out the form. While you're there, check out the Tailgate Talk archives and see what you might have missed. That's the Applebee's Neighborhood Athlete of the Week. Enter your nominations today from Applebee's Neighborhood Grill, Tailgate Talk, and 1080 WKAC. You're listening to the best of Tailgate Talk on 1080 WKAC. Joining us now on the Yellowhammer uh, Yellow Roofing Hotline is Dale Tafoya. He's an author. Of writing, he wrote a book about the... Huntsville Stars and Dale, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, great, to, great to be with you guys. And uh, you, you mentioned you're at a high school uh, park. Uh, Joe Joe W. Davis Stadium was built in 1985, and and it was it was designed to be a multi-use park, including uh, having high school sports uh, there as well. So I wanted to throw throw that in there as well. So again, great to be with you guys. Yeah, I've been to a lot of it was I've been to a lot of high school football games they had there years ago, and once baseball was over and they had to re, they had to uh, reside the infield with the turf, and it would just get tore up, especially after rain rain and all that stuff. But uh, we uh, we appreciate you doing this, Dale, and and just just talk about your book. I mean, you know, I I, I went to several Stars games as, as well as these guys, and and it, it was it was just a treat to have minor league baseball in the Rocket City at that time. Yeah, incredible, especially the uh, inaugural year. There was so much excitement, and the city was just ripe for an attraction. Um, as as Ray Thoma, I'm sure you guys remember that name, the third yeah. base. Yeah, he told me it was it was this. The city was was searching for their long lost son, and they they got a whole team of them. <laughs> uh, the city just treated uh, the players like royalty. 
and it was just an exciting time. I mean, April 19th, 1985, the home opener, the first game at, at Joe Davis Stadium, over 10,000 fans crammed the stadium. Uh, the Stars mauled the, the Barons uh, 10 to nothing with Tim Belcher on the mound. And uh, Mayor Joe Davis, who made all of it happen by fighting hard to get that team to Huntsville throughout the ceremonial first pitch. So uh, that place was electric that night, and the Stars uh, drew over 300,000 uh, for a season attendance, and they led the Southern League as well as won, as well as well uh, won the Southern League championship of existence. Such an exciting uh, time, and I was, I was honored to capture the story. So, Ty, we're... Um, we're talking about the, the the stars in that inaugural season. I mean, you think about that roster overall and just some of the big names that uh, if you're from the Huntsville area, uh, people are going to know who, who those names are. But but kind of can you kind of go into some of those names and just see if it resonates with our listeners? Yes, absolutely. You, you had a starting rotation uh, that broke spring training that season uh, of Tim Belcher. Yeah. He was uh, the number one amateur pitcher in all of baseball. He was on the he was on the starting rotation. Uh, Eric Plunk, uh, the late Daryl Ackerfelds, Greg Cataray, and Joe Law. Uh, in the outfield, you had Wright, Jose Canseco, who, who many of your listeners know as Parkway Jose, yeah. Yeah. who hit balls uh, near uh, Memorial Park Highway in left field. Yes, he did. You had Stan Javier in center field, Luis Polonia in left. You, you had three catchers that played in the major leagues. Terry Steinbach was a converted third baseman, but he learned how to catch that first season in Huntsville. Charlie O'Brien made the big leagues. He, he was a starting catcher for the Stars. Brian Dorsett later came in the pitcher. You had an infield of Ray Thoma at third base, Don Marquette at shortstop, Brian Graham at second base, and uh, Rob Nelson uh, at first. And, of course, you had uh, one of the winningest managers in minor league baseball at the time, Brad Fisher. So, yeah, you had a who's who on that, on that, on that roster, but – interesting the, the players that really willed and sparked this team to a championship that year was rocky coyle and pete kendrick they were underdogs who never reached a major league yeah. and i'm sure that that uh name rocky coyle still resonates in in the huntsville area today and and uh dales and also they had a major league playing a gm over the team mr don mincher Mr. Baseball, Mr. Huntsville, I, I dedicate a whole chapter uh, to Don, Don Mincher uh, called the Huntsville Kid. Absolutely. Don ran a, a local trophy shop at the time. Yeah. And he was itching to return to the game. And he, he it, his desire to return the game coincided with Larry Schmidto delivering that franchise to Huntsville, and he smartly uh, chose Mincher, Don Mincher, to be the GM of that team. And John, Don Mincher brought immediate local credibility to the Huntsville area with the starts. Now, Dale, at the time, Smitho was also the owner of the Nashville Sounds, correct? Absolutely, yeah. He, uh, the, how that, how this Double A franchise got to Huntsville was Smitho purchased Smitho's ultimate vision was to bring a major league expansion franchise to Nashville. Mm -hmm. He it, it came closer when he purchased the Evansville Triplets. 
The Evansville Triplets were a, a struggling, fledgling AAA franchise in Ed, Evansville. They were in the red $300,000. They were dying. He, he purchased that, that franchise to elevate Nashville to AAA. And that was the, the Evansville Triplets were the AAA farm club of the, of the Detroit Tigers. So in bringing in bringing that AAA franchise to Nashville, and they were still called the Nashville Sounds after they arrived, he needed uh, he needed a home for his existing Double A franchise, and he had, he had tried to bring a Single A franchise to Huntsville in 1982, but that move never generated any traction. Uh, this time, uh, with his Double A franchise, he started negotiations with the city city council and Mayor Davis. And by August 23rd, 1984, uh, they, they, they agreed and the city council approved, approved the lease. And the Joe Davis Stadium was built in, in a little over 33 weeks. Yeah. I know on opening night, uh, they were still hanging pictures and were still painting. <laughs> so it just this incredible story. And uh, again, the stars, I mean, so many kids during that time, they, they couldn't wait to get out of school and see the stars play uh, during that time. And for myself, I was I was not 10th grader, you know, and I can remember, I think the biggest holdup in 84 was the alcohol sales and they, they were yeah. trying to agree on the alcohol sales and all this and that was the big biggest hold up before the team could move here you're exactly right uh, alcohol sales was one of the hardest things to approve so the, the the city council loved the idea of bringing the stars there but larry schmidto said if, if i can't get beer sales in the new stadium then i'm not coming he, he, he was he was insistent on that. And so they finally reached a compromise that they were going to designate a non-drinker section in Joe Davis Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they approved it. And that that was the key because that, that was the key snag. Because, I mean, to purchase al- alcohol uh, at the time in that area, you had to do it very discreetly in, in a liquor store or a supermarket. And but th- but the notion was for a minor league owner, you needed that beer revenue, that beer revenue to survive uh, an operation. So that was very key to uh, to, to Smitto bring delivering that franchise to Huntsville. We'll be back with more of our tailgate talk conversation after this. Real estate, real easy. That's the motto at Innovative Realty Solutions, and providing the highest quality real estate services is their mission. With sound real estate advice, the latest information, and a skilled analysis of the real estate market, Innovative Realty Solutions offers a better home buying and selling experience with a fair, ethical, and, yes, innovative process. Innovative Realty Solutions. Visit them on Facebook, online at InnovativeRealtySolutions.com, at 100 North Clinton Street in Athens, or call 230-5950. Innovative Realty Solutions. Real estate, real easy. Temperatures are not the only thing starting to sizzle. Fiber-fast internet from Ardmore Telephone Company is fire. Switch or upgrade to a gig for only $89.90 a month. Stream summer blockbusters. Use your Wi-Fi to monitor your smart grill. Cool off with connected smart home devices. And so much more. Call 800-830-9946 to get gig connected today. That's 800-830-9946. Introductory prices for new fiber customers only. 
P4 Physical Therapy is a new outpatient provider offering community-based care with a unique partnership model that allows them to consistently deliver world-class outpatient care, emphasizing personalized hands-on treatment. Whether it's orthopedic, physical, geriatric or manual therapy, sports or neuro rehab, telehealth, or most any type of muscle or joint pain, P4 Physical Therapy promises to treat you with integrity, compassion, faithfulness, and selflessness. Locations in Athens, Huntsville, and Winfield, Alabama, as well as Fayetteville and Knoxville, Tennessee. Look for them on Facebook or online at p4physicaltherapy.com. When things go wrong, State Farm is here to help life go right. And Agent Michael Howell is the one who can help get things back on track. See Michael for your auto, home, life, health, property, and business insurance and be ready for those unexpected twists that life throws at you. Ask about banking and annuities, too. Call State Farm Agent Michael Howell at 232-5400. Visit him online at michaelhowell.net or go see him at 903 South Clinton Street in Athens. State Farm Agent Michael Howell. There when things go wrong here to help life go right come see all your friends at applebee's in athens 12 minutes guaranteed or it's free monday through friday 11 a.m to 3 p.m seven items to choose from can't make it for lunch visit them for happy hour 3 p.m to 7 p.m or late night half price appetizers with beverage purchase six appetizers to choose from call 233-4430 or order online at applebee's.com and pick your meal up with car side to go applebee's neighborhood grill highway 72 in athens just off i-65 eating good in the neighborhood Keep up with local school, travel, youth, and amateur sports throughout the week with the Play Action Sports Update. Listen weekday mornings at 7.30 and weekday afternoons at 1.30 and 3.30 as we bring you the latest scores, news, and announcements from Limestone County and surrounding communities. That's the Play Action Sports Update three times a day, Monday through Friday on 1080 WKAC. We continue with our conversation on the best of tailgate talk on 1080 WKAC. Well, he's talking about Mincher. Uh, we've got um, Coach Johnny Johnson in here with us right now. He's uh, the head coach of the James Clemens uh, uh, baseball team. He's the varsity coach, and he's he and uh, he's just kind of giving us some some uh, things uh, for us to bring up. That um, Mincher's grandson is the head coach at the Liberty Middle School, which is a feeder school to James Clemens here, uh, Wes Hopper. Wow! Yeah, incredible. What 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 a great legacy the Mincher the Mincher uh, family has there. I was able to interview Mark, his son, uh, for the book, and and Patsy, uh, his wife, uh, uh, for the book as well. So great baseball family. Uh, I believe Don Mincher. He went to Butler High School out there. Uh-huh. So uh, Mr. Mr. Huntsville, and when he retired from Oakland. I believe after the 1982 season, that's when he started. Him and his family started uh, that, that trophy shop. That trophy shop there, and he was very successful. But again, he had that itch to return to the game, and it came at the perfect time because the Stars got there in 1985. Well, Mark is the was the head coach at Huntsville High and won a state championship uh, in 2011. So, yeah, just to continue continue baseball legacy here in the North Alabama area. Yeah, and I, I first met Don Mincher uh, back in the early 2000s. I, I wrote my first book, Bass Brothers, uh, and it was about Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. They were uh, called the Bass Brothers in the mm-hmm. late 80s. 
and I, 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 I wrote about that Jose Canseco's first year in Huntsville. He was there only there 58 games, but he, he became a Southern League in Huntsville legend yeah. in only 58 games there. And I was able to uh, in- interview Don during that time. He was so generous with his time and so insightful. So I was so thrilled to uh, to to just uh, capture his story in Huntsville in the book. Well, if you if you were a young a young baseball player back in the early 80s and in the mid 80s and, and even in the late 80s with the Bash Brothers, you had that poster because uh, I did yeah, have, yeah, have yeah. the Mark McGuire Jose Canseco poster of them with the with the A's. That Bash Brothers look, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. It, it was very it, it it devastated the Huntsville fans when Jose Canseco was promoted to Triple A. Tacoma in mm. July in the first week of July, uh, they, they, they it, it was uh, it was uh, Huntsville it was professional baseball it was their first professional club in 55 years there mm-hmm. so they wanted to they wanted to keep the party going yeah and uh, it was a, it was it was a, an adjustment period when you're you, you had this this phenom that was there 58 58 games and suddenly he's headed west he got promoted so that was an adjustment for the Huntsville fans there it was a very sad day uh, uh, when he when he when he got promoted to Triple uh, A, I'm sure I'm sure you're aware of that. And then a few years later, we got his brother Ozzy, which he, he is not Jose, but still it was Ozzy Canseco. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm sure you you had you had uh, you, it was nice to have a Canseco uh, on the roster during that time because uh, yeah, Canseco just uh, talking to the people in Huntsville, his he, he was he was you know one of the the greatest superstar athletes to to come through that area still and. With it, it, it only, in only 58 games there, he won the minor league player of the year, and he was a Southern League's most valuable player in only 58 games. That's, that's <laughs> and he was out. He was out 22 games in Huntsville because of a fractured, uh, a fractured uh, pinky too. Yeah, you have to remember that he was out on disabled 22 for 22 games, yeah. and still posted those incredible numbers. He immediately. Uh, formed a bond with the Huntsville people there. Canseco with his with his, his his monstrous home runs. Um, we we were talking about Don Mincher a while ago. I I worked with his daughter Lori at, at one of the TV stations here in town. My wife went to high school with her, uh, and I had run across. I was looking through my baseball cards one day and run across a Don Mincher card from when he was with the Seattle Pilots, and uh, got him to uh, autograph it. But he was like, oh, "What in the world do you want my autograph for?" And <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in Don Mincher, he was a part of two expansion franchises before during his his his, his major league career. So uh, starting a, a new expansion pro club in Huntsville was nothing new to him. So mm-hmm. I think that that's an interesting note as well uh, as far as uh, Don Mincher's role there. What well, kind of you mentioned your your Bash Brothers book? You've got another one uh, about Billy Martin. Uh, yes, yes, that 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 came that that came out in 2020, and uh, it, it's doing really well. The paperback just came out uh, on March first, uh, uh, March first. Uh, Lions Press uh, is the publisher, so and that was a, that was a finalist for the Casey Award back in 2020. So uh, yeah, it was an exciting time. Billy Martin uh, was a, a feisty, incredible leader that was able to turn clubs around immediately. Um, it didn't last long, but he was able to provide that that adrenaline rush and spark to turn a team around. And I captured that legacy. And this, the Huntsville Stars, is kind of a sequel to Billy Ball, 
because after Billy left, the A's focused on building their, their farm system and bolstering their farm system. And it all came together in Huntsville in 1985 when their top pros- prospects gathered there for a magical season. So the Oakland A's kind of had, there's a common thread between all these books here um, yes. with the Oakland A's. Uh, are you a, are you an, an A's fan? <laughs> or is yeah, it yeah just- well, I, uh-huh. I, I grew up uh, about 15 minutes from, uh, from the Oakland Coliseum where the A's played. And it's interesting, though, like when you're an author and my first book was Bass Brothers, there's all kinds of spinoff stories. Mm. So when you write your first book, there's other stories in the book or other notes and situations where you're saying, huh, I wonder if that's a book. So that's kind of how uh, my other books uh, sprung uh, as well is uh, when I when I wrote about uh, Bass Brothers, I learned a little bit about Billy Martin during that time. And when I wrote about Billy Martin, I learned that, that after the Billy Billy Ball, Ball era that the A's started focusing uh, on their farm system. So, yeah, I'm very, very familiar with the A's. And I think this different books come out of different different stories, different spinoffs books. And there's so many great stories when you, you dive into the, the bowels of history. And you're able to write a book proposal. And if, if you're lucky, a, a, a publisher will acquire it. And when you talk about that farm team uh, from from 1985, and you think about just how powerful the Oakland A's were, as it, the the plan to to develop their farm system really worked as you go into the late 80s, uh, and then of course winning that World Series. Uh, I mean, it's uh, I remember the World Series against the Giants with the earthquake game, and you had McGuire and Conseco and all of them, and uh, that, so the feeder system really worked well for the 80s uh, for the Oakland A's back then. Absolutely, and I think that and that was the plan was for those those crop of prospects, the top prospect prospects in Huntsville in '85, to eventually fuel the parent club, the Oakland A's, to championships, and they did. Ter- eventually, Terry Steinbach joined the A's. Jose Canseco, a pitcher named uh, Todd Burns. Uh, he played brief- briefly in Huntsville. I think he still lives in the Huntsville area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luis Polonia, Stan Javier. I mean, they eventually fueled the A's uh, run as well. And in total, 15 of those players, that, that, that of those prospects that played on the Stars that season in 1985, at some point, they eventually reached the majors. 15 of them. Mm-hmm. Four of the top uh, um uh, top starting starting rotation reached the majors. I think Joe Joe Law was the only one that that didn't. But yeah, incredible incredible prospects. And in all of that, I, I think the 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 people of Huntsville they're excited about the prospects, but mostly they were just ex- excited to have this new attraction. Uh, like one like like one Huntsville resident told me, we needed a venue to explode in at that time. The city was so ripe for baseball, and Joe Joe Davis Stadium was the place to be during that time. Yes, it Dale, was. Dale, how was it reaching out to Sandy Alderson? I know he was the GM at the time of the A's, and just his perspective on the team of the of the Stars team at that time. Yeah, well, it, it, it was pretty special, and he he wrote the forward for the book, so uh, it was it was a feather in his cap, and he knew the the he knew the 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 temperature and the tone of the Ace Farm system at that time. So he he was a proud to be as he noted in the forward. He was he was a proud to 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 be a part of that era, and even even back uh, when he was running the Oakland A's, he was hearing reports 
about what was going on in Huntsville, about those prospects. And he knew uh, in a couple of years they're, they're going to come to the parent club and, and muscle the A's to championship. So, uh, yeah, very, very he had very fond memories uh, of, of, of Huntsville and uh, even Billy Bean. I've known Billy Bean for many years. Uh, and he, he he wrote a nice uh, blurb for the book as well. So uh, I think they they both value and appreciate uh, what minor league baseball can do. And and again, minor league baseball, a sports a, a sports franchise, could just fill a void in a city. It could bring an energy to the city, and that's what the Stars did in 1985 in Huntsville. So Dale, where where can we get your book and uh, all your other books as well? Well, the, uh, the one season of Rocket City, that that's what uh, this book is called. It, it, it's in all the Barnes and Nobles there in Huntsville. Mm. You can go to Amazon.com uh, and order it. It should be in other bookstores there. Uh, if it's not there, you can ask the bookstore manager to to uh, get some copies there. But it's on the uh, in, in all, on all the online portals. And, uh, yeah, it, it's available. The official publication date was April 1st. So, uh, again, I was just so excited. Uh, the people of Huntsville were so were so uh, nice and generous, generous with their time, because I knew they would. The, the Stars players like Rocky Coyle, uh, Ray Thoma, Chip Con- Conklin, they all told me how, 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 how wonderful and warm-hearted the, Huntsville, the people of Huntsville were. So uh, I, I appreciate um, them cooperating for the book. Well, Dale, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, make a trip back to the Rocket City and check out the Trash Pandas. We we'll, we enjoyed to have you here, and uh, we just appreciate you joining us. And uh, good luck with the book sales, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Yes, uh, go Trash Pandas. There you go. Thanks, Dale. <laughs> thank, that was Dale Tafoya. Uh, thank you uh, thank for him joining us. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk on the Big 1080 WKAC. From day one, First National Bank has been built on a strong foundation of community first. First to lend a helping hand, first to help with community events and fundraisers, first to support local students, athletic programs, and civic organizations, first to support events like United Way, Relay for Life, and many more charitable events, and most importantly, working for our great community. Without you, there'd be no First National Bank. Making communities great together, that's what we strive for. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Daily and Son Car Care is Ardmore's only one-stop auto repair and tire shop. Whether it's major mechanic or brake work or routine maintenance like an oil change or lube job, Daily and Son Car Care has been satisfying customers all over with their fast and friendly service. They're also your headquarters for quality Cooper tires. Stop by and see Wayne, Nikki, or Dale at 25600 Main Street in Ardmore, Tennessee, or call them at 931-427-4651. They're on Facebook, too. Daily and Son Car Care, open Monday through Friday, 730 till 5, and Saturday, 730 till noon. Limestone Drug, located on the square in downtown Athens, is your local health park pharmacy. As your local health park pharmacy, Limestone Drug is locally owned and has a personal commitment to the community. Limestone Drug honors prescription drug plans, including Medicare. They accept flex spending cards and fill prescriptions in minutes, not hours. Limestone Drug knows there's nothing more important than your family's well-being. So shop Limestone Drug at 200 West Market Street in Athens, your local health park pharmacy. Limestone Drug, caring for you and about you. Your roof is the first line of defense for your home. 
Do you have water stains on your ceiling? Paint peeling off your walls? Shingles missing? It's probably time for you to get your free roof inspection. Locally owned and operated, licensed and insured, Yellowhammer Roofing is the Yellowhammer State Hometown Team. Yellowhammer Roofing. Let our family protect what's most important to you, your family. 256-232-1933 or online at yellowhammerroofing.com. When you're looking for something special for your next event, why not bring in the most amazingly fine flavored shaved ice this side of the islands, Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens. Whether it's a school or major sporting event, a picnic or a festival, Kona Ice brings the fun and laughter from their steel drum music to their signature flavor wave where guests can flavor their own shaved ice. No event is too big or too small. Kona Ice makes fundraising easy too. Call Kona Ice today and tell them what you have in mind. 256-566-5298 or look for them on your favorite social media platform, Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens, 256-566-5298. Keep up with Athens and Limestone County sports with a Play Action Sports Report. Look for it every Wednesday on your favorite podcast platform, the Play Action Sports Report. Scores, interviews, highlights, and more from school, youth, and amateur sports in Athens and Limestone County. The Play Action Sports Report every Wednesday on your favorite podcast platform or online at pasnetwork.net. Welcome back to the Best of Tailgate Talk on 1080 WKAC. Well, the athletic director of the University of Alabama Huntsville Chargers, Cage Smith, is joining us on the show. Welcome. Good to be on here. I always want to call everybody coach, but you're a coach, so. That works. Coach works. I answer to a lot of things. As long as it ain't late for supper for me, I don't care what you call me. There you go. (laughs) Well, coach. AD, whatever you want me to call you. There you go. You have a lot going on here. There's a lot of things to be uh, happy about, it seems like, right now for athletics here. It's a busy time. Yeah. Um, anytime you get into February, yeah. uh, one of our crossover seasons, that gets a little bit gets a little bit hectic. I know um, now we have, of course, all of our winter sports, both basketball teams and both indoor track teams are, are going. And then now spring sports have started. So I know you've already talked to some coaches today, but uh, both lacrosse teams, baseball and softball. And um, so that's a lot happening at one time. And then indoor will transition to outdoor track and field. And um, plus our fall sports are in their spring season. So February is a really, really busy time. but it's an exciting time. You don't get you don't get a lot of days off in February. I was about to no. say. I, I'm sure it's keeping you plenty busy. It doesn't take much. Um, <laughs> I think we have 16 or 17 days in February where we have home events. Um, plus, we host a we host a softball tournament in Albertville. Okay. It's not on campus, but we're still kind of in charge of it. So February's February's hectic, but yep. but good. I know. I pulled in this morning. The women's lacrosse team is on the field. Yep. The uh, ladies basketball team is on the field in walks mississippi college men's basketball team i'm like wow this is a jumping little joint this yeah, morning it's, it's uh, popping off for sure no logistically there's always a lot of moving parts and uh mm-hmm. especially when you have multiple venues going on i know we had men's lacrosse out at charger park yesterday and uh, once we get into a few of those days where we have you know three or four venues happening at once um those are days where you, you get here early and you leave late but those are uh those are good days. We enjoy those days. I was about to say. So, uh, you know, talk to me about what February is looking like for you, like how, like where you're bouncing around to, like uh, some of these events you do have going on. You've talked to me about the sports that are going on right now, but what, sure. what's it looking like? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, I try to, you know, obviously try to be present as many home events as we as we can. Um, 
can't always be at the entire event for everything if oh, we yeah. have multiple things. Um, but also in February, we have indoor track conference championships down in Birmingham, uh, February the 14th and 15th. Um, hopefully we're playing conference basketball tournament, which yep. will start on February the 28th to kind of finish. So um, I always try to be really present at home games and then as present as I can be whenever we're in postseason. And, um, you know, not that it, not that they're just looking for me there. we got a lot of people that make everything happen. But for me personally, trying to be as present as I can be. Uh, you, yeah. That's one sport we didn't – speak about this morning the indoor track tell everybody a little bit about the track team yeah so um you know when we talk about us having 15 sports you know that are that are um active you know six of those are running sports mm. so you have men's and women's cross country men's and women's indoor track uh, men's and women's outdoor track of course a lot of those do do all three all yeah. three seasons so especially our cross-country runners they're pretty much going all year long um, but really successful programs i think our um, men's cross-country has won um, four of the last five conference championships uh, qualified for the ncaa national meet this year last year finished uh, highest finish ever um, outdoor track they're coming off of men's outdoor track coming off of uh, four in a row um, conference championships. They finished 14th in the nation last year at the national meet. Um, and so I know that we're kind of still the indoor, the indoor season is not long. I mean, they, they get to a few meets and they go to conference and hopefully qualify for nationals. And by that time, the outdoor season has already started. So there is some overlap, but I know that we've already had, um, some of both our men's and women's teams that have qualified or at least with a provisional time for nationals. So, uh, hoping to kind of gear up for conference and get as many people in that national meet as, as possible. I think the national meet is in Virginia beach this year. Okay. Oh, nice. In, in March. That'll so, be a nice trip. Um, yeah, maybe that may be one I need to try to show up at. We'll see if, uh, <laughs> we'll see if a schedule allows that or not, but no, it's a good, a good program. Our coach Kane's been here for, you know, 23, 24, 25 years. He started the track program. Um, he's built the cross country uh, program. And so, uh, he's done a really good job. And he's got, you know, about a hundred athletes that, that he's over. And nice. so, um, that's a, uh, a lot of people don't know a lot about it, but that's a really, really strong program that we have. Okay. And so collectively, uh, the coaches that you have here, what do you enjoy about them? What do you think they do well here at UAH? Well, I mean, you know, first off, a lot of them, I was down on their hallway for a long time. So mm-hmm. um, first off, a lot of them are just my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, but the things that they do well is um, they buy into the mission of the university which is they recruit really smart kids that are going to come here and they're going to graduate. They're going to get good jobs that probably make more than the rest of us. That is the the statistics say you graduate from UAH, you're going to make more money than any other college. That's right. Uh, So they come in, they do that. um, They get good kids that are active in the community. They're active on campus. They support one another. Um, and so our coaches do a really good job with that. On top of that, they're, they're really competitive. Um, it's not a, it's not a win at all cost. That's not what we do here. Mm. Um, but it's get really good kids that compete hard, um, that they really put the academics first student athlete is accurate here in that order. Um, and then we just have, you know, we have a bunch of good kids. Yeah. Um, and so our coaches do a good job of kind of setting the tone for that on who they bring in. What, yeah. oh, go ahead. What kind of ex- every program's growing? Yeah. What kind of expansion do you have? Looking at things, if any. Uh, the, I mean, this lobby here, this lobby changed since we were here last yeah. year. And so. they're mentioned uh, the the 
was the lacrosse team was mentioning possible renovation of a turf field. Yeah, we're trying there. to we're trying to grow some things. We did just have a pretty nice renovation here um, in Spraggins. We're in the lobby, but um, our hospitality area, the bathrooms, concession stand, some things done out in the in the gym as well. Um, you know that's that's really been helpful. This this is a forty five year old building now, yes. and so um, it's been well taken care of. But until you do some new things, you don't realize how bad you needed some things. Hmm. Um, you know, as far as other facilities, I know you talked to Lacrosse. We've we've got to figure out a way to get um, Lacrosse their own space. Um, mm-hmm. They right now they share a game field with soccer, and that's four different teams that play different games that are all sharing a grass field, and that is a stressor mm-hmm. for all of us involved. So you're talking about putting duct tape down to yeah, for their, for the, yeah, basically <laughs> for their lines. <laughs> that's right. Um, and then uh, track. There's not a we don't have a track on campus, so we're we're working to try to develop plans to raise some funds to do that. And so um, you know, with with our track teams and our lacrosse teams, that makes up more than half of our student athlete population that mm-hmm. are really not not even practicing on campus most of the time so um as far as that we've got to we've got to figure out a way to enhance our facilities as far as sport expansion it's you know we're always looking for things that that make sense uh, that make sense with the university um but you know before i worry about that i really want to make sure that we're taking taking care of what we have first right. we still yeah. have some yeah. some deficits uh in some of our budget areas that we need uh we need to work on to try to make them as competitive as they can be. Um, but that's kind of where we are on that. Okay. <laughs> Call <Sorry. the> professor, <laughs> uh, producer extraordinaire Tim Lambert did a yawn there. Trust me, you're not boring. We just stayed up late. Hey, it's okay. I get yawns a lot when I talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> it's those dulcet tones. There you go. Um, <laughs> and this may, I don't know, a sensitive question here. I know Uh-oh. a couple of years ago, you know, they had an issue with trying to bring hockey back yep. and raising the money for that. And what's, I don't know if that was kind of an aborted mission or, or, or the situation, the last time that anything was mentioned, that's a situation that we're still in. Um, we didn't have any luck getting into, into a conference. Okay. Uh, that, uh, that hasn't, that yeah. hasn't changed. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, pretty agreed upon that that was going to need to be something that happened and uh, you know there's not a lot of people that are adding hockey conferences at this time not a lot of people that are adding um, outlier institutions into their conferences and so so right now there's really it's kind of status quo from the last time I was there I participated in a few calls Um, we've made some different proposals to different leagues to to no avail but uh, yeah yeah, same place you left. Uh, well, I, okay, because I and I, I was trying to think if that was kind of when the whole COVID thing was going on too. Yeah, um, I knew it, I, after you mentioned it, I remembered it was kind of a conference issue. Um, but uh, my wife and I were talking about it on the way. She said, "I'd like to go to one of their hockey games," and I was like, uh, mm, "Might have yeah. to wait a little bit for that." Yeah. So. Well, but you know, UH. Done a really good job, you know, keeping everything else going really, really well. And you know, even with hockey not being what it was, you know, you still, like you just mentioned, maybe something that people don't know about. You know, you talked about men's track, yeah, and how well that's doing. And one thing I wanted to ask you about um, is this golf still really prominent at UAH? People play it a lot. I mean, it's one of the older uh, <laughs> courses in Alabama that's yeah. on campus here, so. Um, in fact, I, I drove in a different way this morning and saw some, some folks out there playing this morning. But, um, 
I have very little to do with whatever happens as far as disc golf, but I see people playing a lot. Because I, I knew it was more recreational, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people do take it pretty seriously. Yeah. And I know UH has great, uh, faci- or, um, I guess, amenities for yep. disc golf, especially in the area. There's not a lot of places you can go. So yeah. I was just curious. None of that falls under under my department, but we do see people out there playing a lot. Yeah. It's kind of like um, our club sports and our intramural things. We've got a lot of things going on that doesn't run through. Right. What about eSports? We do have a big eSports club right. also that doesn't run through, uh, through me. But, uh, yeah, I think at one point they had – a thousand people that were either in the esports club or, wow. or interested in it. Wow! Uh, so that's a that's a growing club on campus for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, you know, I just wanted to touch on again a little bit about you know every single person we've had on today from UAH has mentioned academics as just integral as yeah. part of the athletic process. And I just thought that you know. It, you, you brought up how that's one thing you liked about all the coaches. Well, it definitely is true because they all kind of gave not a uniform answer, but they all agreed that how important academics was. Well, you want to recruit people that can be successful here. Yeah. Um, and our student athletes have the highest GPA of any subgroup on campus, so they do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, can you get more people in? Like, could they get into school? Yes. Um, but recruiting kids that can also be successful, maybe that's a little bit different than just getting them in. So yeah. um, part of their mission, they do a good job supporting them. Absolutely. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. You're listening to Applebee's Tailgate talking to KAC, the Big Ten 80. Temperatures are not the only thing starting to sizzle. Fiber fast internet from Ardmore Telephone Company is fire. Switch or upgrade to a gig for only $89.90 a month. Stream summer blockbusters. Use your Wi-Fi to monitor your smart grill. Cool off with connected smart home devices. And so much more. Call 800-830-9946 to get gig connected today. That's 800-830-9946. Introductory prices for new fiber customers only. Real estate, real easy. That's the motto at Innovative Realty Solutions, and providing the highest quality real estate services is their mission. With sound real estate advice, the latest information, and a skilled analysis of the real estate market, Innovative Realty Solutions offers a better home buying and selling experience with a fair, ethical, and, yes, innovative process. Innovative Realty Solutions. Visit them on Facebook, online at InnovativeRealtySolutions.com, at 100 North Clinton Street in Athens, or call 230-5950. Innovative Realty Solutions. Real estate, real easy. When things go wrong, State Farm is here to help life go right. And Agent Michael Howell is the one who can help get things back on track. See Michael for your auto, home, life, health, property, and business insurance and be ready for those unexpected twists that life throws at you. Ask about banking and annuities, too. Call State Farm Agent Michael Howell at 232-5400. Visit him online at michaelhowell.net or go see him at 903 South Clinton Street in Athens. State Farm Agent Michael Howell. There when things go wrong here to help life go right now on a platform near you the only year-round weekly podcast covering the huntsville havoc the Reekin' havoc podcast news interviews and more dropping every thursday we'll just reek of the huntsville havoc check us out on facebook twitter and instagram and listen follow and subscribe on your favorite platform via the pas plus app and online at reekinhavoc.com You're listening to the best of tailgate talk on 1080 WKAC. We have online Mr. Ron Rappaport, the author of the 
Legend of Mr. Cub, The Life of Ernie Banks. The name of the book is Let's Play 2. And those that don't know, the famous quote from Ernie Banks was, there's sunshine, fresh air, and the team's behind us. Let's play 2. Ron, welcome to the show, sir. Good to be with you guys. Man, I got to hear all these stories. I mean, Ernie Banks for years was, you know, Mr. Cub. And uh, back in the day when, when cable first came on, we had – we had two ball teams we could watch in, in in the late 70s, early 80s, and that was the Cubs and the Braves down here in the south. Uh, so you kind of become kind of a de facto Cubs fan if those are really the only two you can get on cable. So, Right, right. You would have missed Ernie in his prime, but, you know, he kind of set the table for what the Cubs were all about. He was yeah. their symbol, Mr. Cub. I don't know if there's a Mr. Yankee or a Mr. Braves or anything, but, you know, that title kind of symbolized Ernie's. Uh, you know, hold on Chicago fans and Cub fans. And, uh, I mean, just like say the legend, tell, tell us some of the stories that you can relate from the book. Well, you know, the story about Ernie is what we all know about him is two things. One is he was this happy, sunny, optimistic, cheerful guy. <laughs> never said a bad thing. Nothing bad ever happened. And the other was that he never played in the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you forget. There, there are two things. One thing that we forget and one that maybe we didn't know thing we forget is what a truly great baseball player he was. I mean, in the, in the late 1950s, six years, he had more homers and more, drove in more runs than Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, Henry Aaron, Eddie Matthews, you name it. Yet those players are all going to the World Series, and in those six seasons, the Cubs finished 123 games out of first place. Yeah. But here's the other thing, is that Ernie, you know, hid himself behind this mask, this sunniness, this cheerfulness. It was kind of a a defense mechanism to keep the outside world outside. If you met him and you started talking to him, you might come away and say, gee, I had this wonderful conversation with Ernie Banks, but all we talked about was me. And what I tried to do in the book is reveal not necessarily the darker side, but the human side of the guy who had problems and troubles and complications like we all do. And Ernie hid it. And here's the problem. When you hide it for so long, and he did it all his life, behind this image, behind this mask. You become a prisoner of it. And, and that created difficulties for Ernie later in life. So I tried to, I talked to a hundred people who knew him really well and I had conversations with Ernie. This book started out as an autobiography, didn't work out. So what I'm trying to get at is the man behind the smile behind Let's Play 2. You got, you got, we got a, one of your release things about uh, the book, Ron, and it says Ernie Banks, one of America's most iconic, which you mentioned, that, beloved and misunderstood baseball players. Talk to us about how how you think he was misunderstood. Well, it's it's just the way that he that he tried to hide behind this image. For instance, Ernie had four marriages, and they all ended wow. badly. I didn't he was, know. He was a, yeah, yeah. They all ended badly. The last one, there wasn't a divorce, but they didn't see each other for the last eight or nine years. Wow. He, you know, he was estranged from his children. I talked. He had twin sons. They're wonderful guys. They live out here in California, where I am. And I talked to them. And they were very honest with me about the problems and the pleasures of growing up as Ernie Banks' son. I, I, I found his third wife, a, a woman named Marjorie Lott, and she told me about how that he was so introverted. He, he stayed and kept everything inside behind the sunny image that it, that it caused him problems. And she tried to go to get him to seek therapy, and he really wouldn't do it. Um, we talked about, for instance, he was always very sunny and cheerful about, well, we didn't get to the World Series, and, you know, it was terrible, it was awful, but, you know, you smile through it. Well, the truth is it drove him nuts. He'd go to a World Series 
you know, uh, excuse me, a Hall of Fame reunions, Cooperstown every year, and he'd be on with these, you know, he'd, he'd be in a room with Reggie Jackson and Warren Spahn and Lou Brock and Hank Aaron, and he'd say, what was it like? What was it like being in the World Series? And they'd just laugh at him. Oh, Ernie, you were playing it for the Cubs. You were never going to get in the World Series. <laughs> well, at that point, he did see a psychiatrist. I mean, Ernie, Ernie's life was very, very complicated, and he just tried to hide it behind all of uh, the sunniness and the cheerfulness. Now, the sunniness and the cheerfulness were real. That's how he approached life. But the fact that he couldn't deal with the people around him with his problems caused, caused him a lot of pain. Uh, Ernie come out of the Negro Leagues, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Did, did he have – was he like most African-American baseball players that had to endure – you know, racism on the road with the team, or, or well, yeah, he did come out of the Negro Leagues late in 1953. The, the Kansas City Monarchs finished their season in Pittsburgh. Okay, and now there's still it's it's mid September, so there's still a little bit of time left in the baseball season. So Buck O'Neill, the great Buck O'Neill, yes. was his manager. Okay, he gives him ten dollars. He gives him ten dollars on a bus ticket to Chicago. So Ernie shows up in Chicago you know, with Gene Baker, a fine young. Uh, infielder, black infielder who they brought up so Ernie wouldn't be alone. They're the first two black men ever to set wear a Cubs uniform in Wrigley Field, okay? They go out there and they're living on the south side in a hotel and Ernie had been used to traveling with the monarchs. They stayed together. They stayed in the same hotels, ate in the same restaurants, hung out. Well, now when the game is over, the white players all went to their homes on the north side. Ernie and Gene, you know, went down to the south side. And there was an adjustment now they go on their first road trip, okay? They go to St. Louis, and the bus pulls up in front of a hotel, and the white players get out, and then a man drives up, a black man drives up. Ernie and Gene get in a car and drive over to the man's rooming house on the black side of town. Well, Ernie'd never seen anything like this. What's this all about? He's finally getting his, his, his glimpse of what life in the first white environment he's ever been in. He grew up in Dallas, totally segregated, never really had a conversation with a white man, a real conversation, till he was in the Army when he was like 20 years old. So there was a lot of adjustment for him. Yeah, that's the answer to that question. Okay. I seen in one of his divorces, he gave, he, she, got one, she got his 500th home run ball. Oh, wow, <laughs> that, that must have been tough on him for that. Well, actually, what she got, it was even more than that. Ernie went back-to-back. Ernie got back-to-back MVP awards, okay, 1958 and 1959. Pretty remarkable. I think the team's finished in sixth place both years, but he was so great. So Marjorie, this woman I talked to, did get, not a baseball, but both MVP awards. Wow. Really? All right. Now, now... <laughs> This is great. I talked to the lawyer, Ernie's lawyer, who went to, took him to court and got the MVP awards back, claiming that she had gotten the awards under duress. All right, so now he's got the awards back, and guess what? They went missing again. Oh. To this day, guys, to this day, they're both those MVP awards, which would be worth a fortune. Yes. Are either in a storage yeah. locker somewhere or uh. somebody's attic, or maybe, they just, maybe they're just gone. Maybe they're just lost. This is not unusual. See, because baseball collect, you know, things like that didn't become collectibles until about the '80s. Before that, they weren't really worth anything, and people, players, just wouldn't take good care of them. 
Well, now, you know, they're worth a fortune. But can you imagine? Those two great, those are the two greatest awards they ever received, and nobody knows where they are. Unbelievable. I bet they're in the black market somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. In the, in the, some, some skinny kid with collects baseball cards has probably got one exactly. somewhere. Could be. Could be, but he couldn't. See, he couldn't sell it. They can't he tried sell to it. put it out on the market. People would know. The FBI would know. You yep. know they, they have units tracking things like that down, keeping an eye on. You know, fake collectibles is a big deal these days. Yes. You can make a lot of money. A lot of it, a lot of the stuff that's out there that in, are in people's, uh, you know, collections are really phony. Back with more of our Tailgate Talk conversation after this. From day one, First National Bank has been built on a strong foundation of community first. First to lend a helping hand, first to help with community events and fundraisers, first to support local students, athletic programs, and civic organizations, first to support events like United Way, Relay for Life, and many more charitable events, and most importantly, working for our great community. Without you, there'd be no First National Bank. Making communities great together, that's what we strive for. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Daily and Son Car Care is Ardmore's only one-stop auto repair and tire shop. Whether it's major mechanic or brake work or routine maintenance like an oil change or lube job, Daily and Son Car Care has been satisfying customers all over with their fast and friendly service. They're also your headquarters for quality Cooper tires. Stop by and see Wayne, Nikki, or Dale at 25600 Main Street in Ardmore, Tennessee, or call them at 931-427-4651. They're on Facebook, too. Daily and Son Car Care, open Monday through Friday, 7.30 till 5, and Saturday, 7.30 till noon. P4 Physical Therapy is a new outpatient provider offering community-based care with a unique partnership model that allows them to consistently deliver world-class outpatient care, emphasizing personalized hands-on treatment. Whether it's orthopedic, physical, geriatric, or manual therapy, sports or neuro rehab, telehealth, or most any type of muscle or joint pain, P4 Physical Therapy promises to treat you with integrity, compassion, faithfulness, and selflessness. Locations in Athens, Huntsville, and Winfield, Alabama, as well as Fayetteville and Knoxville, Tennessee. Look for them on Facebook or online at p4physicaltherapy.com. Your roof is the first line of defense for your home. Do you have water stains on your ceiling, paint peeling off your walls, shingles missing? It's probably time for you to get your free roof inspection. Locally owned and operated, licensed and insured, Yellowhammer Roofing is the Yellowhammer State Hometown Team. Yellowhammer Roofing, let our family protect what's most important to you, your family. 256-232-1933 or online at yellowhammerroofing.com. The world is changing. The Tailgate Talk app has changed. It's got a new name and a new look. It's now known as PAS Plus, and it's your home for Applebee's Tailgate Talk, along with James Clement Sports and Calhoun Basketball. Change never heard, huh? Look for the download links at pasnetwork.net or tailgatetalk.net. PAS Plus, play action sports, plus a little extra. PAS Plus, from play action sports. We continue with our conversation on the best of tailgate talk on 1080 WKAC. The attitude he had, this you know, outward sunniness and and all this stuff, uh, trying to hold in was was that uh, did that come from maybe his <clears throat> something in his upbringing, uh, you know? Yes, yes. Right, the key to understanding Ernie was that throughout his life he wanted to avoid drama, avoid conflict. 
avoid controversy. When trouble came, he walked away. When controversy came, he walked away. This started in his early days in Dallas. You know, he ran with, with a gang, you know, got kids who got in trouble, like kids do. And whenever there was real trouble, they would look around and Ernie would be gone. His nickname in, in high school was Casper the Ghost. <laughs> wow. He never he disappeared. He was just he was just never there. Well that was that was the key to his life. Whenever he got in trouble, whenever there was trouble at home with, you know, the kids, she's raising up two rambunctious young sons. Jerry Banks told me this. He would get up and, and get in the car and drive away. Well, it must have driven his mother nuts, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, and so that was the key whenever there was trouble. When the Civil Rights Revolution had heated up in the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, protests and movement towards legislation and so on. Hank Aaron, uh, Hank told me this, I called him, called Ernie and called Willie Mays. And now Hank was very politically engaged. He was involved in this, making statements and joining protests. He said, Ernie, Willie, you guys have got to help. You've got to speak up. I'm not the only one. We can have a real effect here. Ernie wouldn't do it. It just wasn't in his nature. Again, avoiding conflict, avoiding drama. And But when you do that, when you don't face up to the drama and the conflict that, that comes to everybody's life, when you try to avoid it at all times, it, 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 it can cause you trouble. It can cause you problems. And it did uh, to Ernie uh, later in life. Yeah, you've got to have an uh, outlet for your emotions. Whether I mean, if your your professionalism is baseball and you're hiding it, you've got to have some kind of outlet. But whether it be a, a psychiatrist or somebody to yeah. talk to, or a hobby that you can just you can absorb yourself into to get that all that stuff. Or even going. your family. Or you know, your, family, your family, exactly. If you can relate to your family, he never he never really could. Now both of his sons adore him, but but they were frustrated by him too. End of his life, he's living in Chicago, pretty much by himself. They're living in California. They talk on the phone, but he was kind of a lost soul his last year mm-hmm. in Chicago. Wow. It was kind of sad. I'm making this book sound very dour. There are a lot of laughs in it. I mean, we were talking about 1969. This is the 50th anniversary of the Amazing Mets. Boys, amazing is not the adjective they use in Chicago. <laughs> exactly, Ron. Just reading. So you're going to you're going to be re- you're going to be reading a lot about a lot about the Ron. Know, just the re- reading here on Wikipedia it said did him and Leo DeRosa have like a, a a strained relationship? Oh, strained isn't the word. <laughs> try, try poisonous. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, See, here you had Leo coming to town, and he looks around, and Leo needs to be one, number one. He had the greatest ego of any, complete opposite of Ernie. Com- great ego, and he didn't care who knew it, you know. He sees Ernie as Mr. Cub, and Ernie told me this. He, he said Leo thought he should be Mr. Cub. Well, wow. he comes to town, he comes to town, and he immediately starts ripping him in public to the press. Knock off that Mr. Cub crap. You know, just really humiliating him. Now, in the locker room, it was worse. He'd go on tirades. There was one game, they lost 9-2. to two, And there was a ball that went up in the air between Ernie at first base and Glenn Beckert at second base. Fell. Now, they, Beckert got the error, was charged with the error. But, you know, Leo comes in and he starts screaming, my grandmother could have, to Ernie, my grandmother could have caught that ball. You old man, why don't I, you know, why are you here? Well, in the first place, the score was 9-2. to two. I mean, a drop ball is really the key moment of the game. <laughs> but but er, now Ernie's looking around the locker room, 
and he sees his teammates who adored him, who respected him, who admired him. They're looking at him with pity in their eyes. I mean, it was a low moment that Leo should stoop to that. But here, again, remember, avoiding drama, avoiding conflict. Ernie never said a bad word about Leo in, in public. In private, he said plenty. Until the, till the day Ernie died, whenever asked about Leo, oh, I was getting older, he was just trying to motivate me, I needed a kick in the pants, he would never say a bad word ever. No, that was the way it was throughout his life. Casper the Ghost. Wow. I'll be dying. I was looking through some of the pictures in this book, and uh, one was amazing, uh, not amazing, amusing. Uh, he talked about 1969. It was a picture of him helping one of the guys back into the stands <laughs> over the fence who had, uh, it says, a not entirely sober <laughs> fan. Well, that, yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was Willie Smith, the center fielder, who, and the, the, oh, the bleacher okay. bums are, I mean, the bleacher bums are one of the funniest parts of this book. I mean, these guys had a ball. It, it, you can't imagine it. They're, you know, the outfield wall, it's about three feet wide, separating the bleachers from the, from the, from the field. They would march along the wall, and there's a guy playing a trumpet, and they're marching along the wall while the game is going on. I mean, these guys, these guys had fun. Well, uh, Ron Grousel, the guy's name was Ron Grousel, was sort of ahead of the bleacher bumps, and he fell onto the field one day when it was marching along the wall. He had more than one beer, let's just say. Well... Well, before the security guards can close in on him, Willie Smith, the center fielder, boosts him back into the stand. <laughs> gives him a, head, a hand up, and he clambers over the wall and gets away from the security guards and goes on enjoying the game. Probably had another four or five beers. I mean, the, the bleacher bumps were just a riot. They, the fans, you know, when, in Chicago, when they think about 69, they think about, oh, the terrible ending. But for five months, they had a ball. Okay. The Cubs were winning, and they were loving it. I mean, they were starved for something. They hadn't won in so long. Right. And I saw another picture in here, too. He, in, when he was in high school, he played football because his school didn't even have a baseball team. Didn't have a baseball team, didn't have a basketball, didn't have a baseball diamond, didn't have a basketball court. Now he played basketball at the Y, not far from his home. But football was the only sport. They, they, the coach made him run track as well to stay in shape. And, but basically it was football. So Ernie didn't really start playing baseball until he was a teenager and playing softball in the parks, and that's where he was discovered. Wow. I guess that guy falling out of the, the bleachers, he had too many old styles, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if, you know, the, the bleacher bums, they, what they did was they counted how many beers you'd had by, by the cup. Well, they went up and made friends with an with a elderly woman who was pouring beer, and she would not always count them when, you know, because you, you had to pay and then by, the, by the cup. She would kind of just sl slip them a free one. <laughs> Ron, Ron I mean, it's amazing. It, 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 those bleacher bums were a riot. Oh, golly. Ron, man. it's amazing how they've, you know, renovated Wrigley from what it used to be. It, it it just makes it look like a brand new ballpark compared well, they, Yeah, they did. They've got, you know, the flashing lights and all that stuff that every every ballpark does. But the important thing is that they've kept it. They haven't torn it down. Yeah. You know? It's still the original you know, that old hand operated scoreboard is still there. It's a civic landmark. And the the, um, the houses across the streets where you can watch from the rooftops. Now that's all corporate now. 
Yeah, right. That's all. You got to you got to pay as much money to get under one of those rooftops as you do to get into the ballpark. Really? Just about. It's all very corporate and suites, and they're building a museum. There's a lot of new construction over there that I, I went by it. I was just in Chicago publicizing the book, and I hadn't been by it since uh, they'd started it. And it's totally different to the streets around there. And there's a big plaza out on the left field side where. Uh, people can gather and watch the games and, and, and have a beer. You know, it's it's totally different. But the ballpark itself is still the same, and that's that's what you got to concentrate I, on, I guess. I highly advise. If you like your nostalgia, you know. Yeah. I highly advise if anybody hasn't been, you need to go at least once to Wrigley. Oh, yeah. I think so. I mean, it and Fenway are the only yeah. old. Did you know Dodger Stadium is not the third oldest ballpark in baseball? Wow, yeah. I did not know I that. I didn't know that. And, and Angel Stadium's the fourth. So it's only Fenway and Wrigley that are the original ballparks that are still alive. And, yeah, I, 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 maybe I'm prejudiced. I prefer Wrigley. I think the sight lines are a little better. But I, I think if you want, if you're at all interested in the way it used to be, you need to visit one of, one of those two ballparks or both. Yeah, absolutely. And I... Go ahead. Tom. I was going to ask, uh, let everybody know how they could get your get a copy of your book. Well, the name of the book is Let's Play Two: The Legend of Mr. Cub, The Life of Ernie Banks. It was just published just a couple of weeks ago, and it's on Amazon. It's in bookstores. It's um, readily available, and I hope people want to check it out. It's, you know, it's not only a history of Ernie, but of the Cubs in that era. A little bit about what we were talking about Chicago, which was very segregated. And I have a lot in there about growing up in Dallas. It was kind of the unexplored part of his life. And it's extremely important. Uh, people in, t- yeah, I, I talked to this old, Ernie was the second of 12 kids, okay? They lived in a shotgun house in Dallas. Uh, you know, you open the front door, you look through to the back, mm-hmm. wood-burning stove, no indoor plumbing, outhouse in the back, no electricity. Wow. He was the second of 12. Well, the first uh, of his mother's children is Edna, his sister, and she just turned 90. And she lives in Dallas and told me all kinds of stories. And I was able to find five of his high school classmates who told me more about the neighborhood and the community. And and it was very poor and it was very segregated, of course. But still there was a community there and and people could, could make something of themselves. You know, his old high school I visited and talked to some of the students there. It's now a, an arts high school magnet, performing arts and visual arts, but it's still the Booker T. Washington School that he went to, and the original building is still there. So the parts about Dallas were very interesting to me. So there's a lot about Ernie, but there's a lot about his teammates, and, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of richness to the whole story, and I tried to encapsulate as much of it as I could. Well, Ron, I, you've done a great job. I'm looking forward to reading the book. Tim's got a copy right here. I may steal his and take it home with me for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Thank, thank you, Ron. All right, it's a great, great to be on with you. I really enjoy it. Hey, it's great hey, to thanks, have Ron. you, Ron. Appreciate thanks so it. much. Okay, ladies Bye. and gentlemen, that's Ron Rappaport, the author of "Let's Play Two: The Legend of Mr. Cub, The Life of Ernie Banks." Great conversations. I love to hear these stories. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk.
While others have come and gone, the Lion's Den Gym has been roaring as a workout and exercise fixture in Athens, growing from its humble basement beginnings in 1981 to their current 10,000 square foot location at 212 Commercial Drive in Athens. The Lion's Den offers 24-7 access to their ever-expanding equipment collection that includes treadmills and climbers, elliptical trainers, stationary bikes, loose weights and dumbbells, and over 45 different weight machines. Contact the Lion's Den Gym about a membership today at 256-652-2627. Visit them online at lionsdengym.com or on Facebook, The Lion's Den Gym, 256-652-2627. When you're looking for something special for your next event, why not bring in the most amazingly fine flavored shaved ice this side of the islands, Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens. Whether it's a school or major sporting event, a picnic or festival, Kona Ice brings the fun and laughter from their steel drum music to their signature flavor wave where guests can flavor their own shaved ice. No event is too big or too small. Kona Ice makes fundraising easy too. Call Kona Ice today and tell them what you have in mind. 256-566-5298 or look for them on your favorite social media platform. Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens. 256-566-5298. For screen printing, sign printing, banners, logo design, and more, look no further than that shirt printing place. Located at 709 North Jefferson Street in Athens, call 256-444-1827. That shirt printing place, visit them online at thatshirtprintingplacellc.com, look for them on Facebook too. That shirt printing place, 256-444-1927. That shirt printing place. Have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events? Some fans seem angry. They lack civility toward one another. Some even get aggressive and unruly. Time out! What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons like perseverance, respect, and empathy so students can learn and grow as people, not just as players. We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. So fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at interscholastic athletic events in Alabama. This message presented by the AHSAA and the Alabama High School Athletic Directors and Coaches Association. Bring the man in motion across the line of scrimmage. They give it to him on the sweep play. He's outside, got a little bit of room. Now down the sideline, cuts it back. He's angling for the end zone, and he will score. Join us this football season for Limestone County Football, streamed right to your computer or mobile device on the Play Action Sports app. You can also hear it on your Amazon Echo by saying, Alexa, open Play Action Sports. Listen for the replay of select games Sunday afternoons on WKAC and download each game from the archives anytime you want. Limestone County Football from Play Action Sports and 1080 WKAC. You're listening to the best of Tailgate Talk on 1080 WKAC. We've got Jordan McRae of the Birmingham Stallions, the center, and the USFL champions. Jordan, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for having me, man. Happy to be on. Man, yeah, we're rocking and rolling here. We've been waiting on you all morning. (laughs) (laughs) So... The USFL is startup team, uh, the Birmingham Stallions, uh, they're straight out of Birmingham playing it. What was it like playing in the new protective stadium? Is that that's the name yeah. of it? 
Yeah, no, it man, it was amazing, man. The the stadium was 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 great. The fans, um, it, we had a little bit of an advantage being the home team yeah. for the, so we had a, a good turnout every game. The fans were great. Um, just the whole the whole process was really good, man. Because I've been a part of a couple of startup leagues, and this was definitely done the right way. I was I was very 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 happy and pleased with how everything went. I've never been in it. I wasn't able to get to a game this year, but we're like an hour and a half north, so you know. Okay. But, but the uh, the I seen the stadium when it was being built, and it was extremely nice. So yeah, yeah, we got a good stadium, good uh, good turf. Um, felt good playing on it. Good turnout every week, man. It was it was great. And, and I, just a little side note, I'm glad UAB can now play and call <laughs> have them a home a home field they can call. <laughs> I I, uh, I went to UCS, so we played UAB when we were both in the conference in Conference USA. Yeah, and um, I forget what the name of the old field Legion, was. Legion, Legion Field, Legion. yes, sir. Dump. <laughs> Legion was uh was tied to your feet, or if you fell on it to, to your body. So I'm definitely glad they're playing that somewhere else too. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Well, um, Jordan, I just want to say real quick. Um, I know you're you're from Miami, and do you, mm-hmm. do you have a uh, family and friends that are still there? And if so, um, was everybody okay through the hurricane? Yeah, no, I'm actually here here now, and uh, oh. dang, Miami didn't really get that much of the storm. We got a, a little bit of wind and rain, but not too much. Good. Yeah, Naples took the brunt of that yeah, one. Yeah, they took yeah, the brunt. And I know some some of my friends and family in uh, Orlando, got, mm. but um, everybody's okay. Everybody's safe now. Just back to the rebuild process. Well, good. That's great to hear. Jordan, what was it like playing for Coach Holtz? Man, I love Coach Holtz, man. Mm-hmm. Coach is a, is a real football guy, real good, great coach, but a great man also. Um, able to talk to him off the field and really felt like it was more of a friendship than a player-coach uh, aspect of it. And a brilliant offensive mind and really a really good leader also. Really knew how to get us ready for every game. And and part of the reason, major reason why we went 11 so. Um, great guy, great coach, and everything. And and that Bo Scarborough ain't too bad either, is he? <laughs> hey, Bo is a beat, man. <laughs> I, I, I seen him play at Alabama and then a couple of games, and when he was in Detroit, so I already knew the type of player he was from there. But um, really, I was I was impressed with how much of a student of the game he was. Like he came in like halfway in through the season, and uh, he's one of the first running backs that actually came to our offensive line meetings, like he wanted to know exactly how we we're going to be blocking things up so that he can know exactly where he needed to be at. And um, that's part of the reason why we were so successful is he really wanted to be um, really good or great and uh, took the time in the film room and in practice to do so. So That's uh, – I don't know that I've ever heard of a running back coming to the offensive line <laughs> meetings. That's a new one. Yeah, no, it was, it was I, I, a couple of guys, but like some, some guys do it one time, but he was, it was a constant thing, like, They'll get out of their their position meetings and and he'll come sit in with us and see exactly what we're going over, what we're seeing blitz pickup wise, how we're setting up the blocks for um, our combination blocks so he can know where he needed to be at so he can be his best version for our team. And it, it was it was cool, man. I I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah. Is that all just because of uh, playing for Coach Saban? You think? I, I would I would like to think so. Uh, yeah, Bo was always very very tedious when it came to his preparation. And um, it's probably a enigma of him as well, but um, I, I would I would I would think that some of that came from Coach Saban as well. Well, and and you know, 
obviously, you know, Bo's a great running back and stuff, but, you know, y'all got to give yourselves credit as well. I watched just about every one of y'all's games in, in the entirety, mm-hmm. and, and the offensive line, and obviously you being the, the captain of that line, um, did a wonderful job, man, pass blocking, run blocking. Um, I mean, some games y'all dominated. You really did. I mean, I won't say you made it real easy for him, but you made it pretty easy for him for sure. I mean, you really did. Yeah, we, we had a, we had a really good group of guys. Um, coach Heinbach being our, our offensive line coach, great coach as well. And we just had a really close group of guys that all wanted to be great, all have separate individual goals that tied into what we wanted to do as a team. So it just worked out really well. Um, one thing I, I wanted to ask you was, you know, you've been in the AFL, AAF, XFL, IFL, and, of course, now the USFL. Um, you know, and all of them have, which, I mean, maybe not for the offensive line, but there are different rules, different ways of doing things in each league. Did you have a favorite league to kind of play in? Was indoor totally, I, I imagine, different than playing outside? Yeah, indoor is a, is a lot different. It's just a, it's a faster game, and it's really not – it is football, but it's really more about your one-on-one matchups. Like in the indoor league, you can't twist or anything. Defense alignment can't twist or in stunts or anything like that. So you're going against your guy for 100% of the game. And most of it most of it in the indoor league is going to be pass protection. Um, yeah. But if I had to say which one was my favorite, man, it would probably be um, – man, I love winning. So um, yeah. <laughs> playing in the IFL where we won a championship with the Massachusetts Pirates and then playing here in uh, – the USFL um, was probably my my favorites, and then also playing AAF with uh, Coach Spurrier, and um, we had a really good team there. Uh, we're seven and one before the season ended uh, abruptly, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are it, all of us fun, man. But those are probably my top three places. Okay. Well, now moving forward, I know next year the plan was was for every home team to have their games in their stadiums. Is that still are they still holding to that, or do, or do you know? I'm not 100% sure, but um, from what I've heard, and I, I don't know if this is like a correct source or anything, but, but things I've, I've heard is that there's going to be two hub markets now. So mm-hmm. Birmingham still being one, and then the Northern Division will have their own hub spot. And I've heard it might be Michigan, but these are all just rumbling, so no no uh, direct source or anything like that. But I don't think we're going to go into the – everybody in their, their respective markets until year three of the USFL. Now, Jordan, did I hear this right? Y'all, every team staying in the same hotel, is that correct? Yes, that's, that's uh, we're all staying in the, <laughs> yeah. I forget what the name of now, but it, it was, uh, you know what? It was actually a lot more smooth than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was, you know, like all those guys, everybody competitive, everybody, you know, talking trash and stuff like that. It really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was, everything was pretty sick, to be honest. Well, that's good because, yeah, that could have been for an a, a abrupt brawl <laughs> yeah. in the bar for wherever, for sure, man. Yeah. Now, did you ever uh, catch one of your opposing teammates or opposing players in there, maybe sitting at the bar having a good drink and you're playing the next day and you just start buying him shots? <laughs> <laughs> drinking the shots and you kept buying no. him the next day. He really was puking on the sidelines and stuff. No. No, we didn't do nothing like that, but we would always, like, trash talk. Uh, especially uh, football is a small world, so a lot of the guys from different teams you already had, a, like, a prior relationship with, whether it be on college team that you went against or a pro team and then in the NFL. So it would it would be a lot of, like, just uh, jokingly trash talk, like, uh, whenever we go to breakfast or if we see it, like, mostly uh, I'm thinking about is when we played the Houston team, 
a lot of those guys I know from um, prior places that we've been at together, and we would just talk trash about what we're going to do to the next guy uh, tomorrow and things of that nature. But it was all lighthearted fun, though. We'll be back with more of our Tailgate Talk conversation after this. With all the technology around us today, it's hard to keep up. Goldsmith Technical Services specializes in residential and commercial computer and electronics repair, automation, IT services, and home theater systems and audiovisual services. Goldsmith Technical Services. Call or text 256-203-4226. Visit them on Facebook or online at goldsmithtechnical.com. Let them tailor a package that meets your needs. Goldsmith Technical Services. 256-203-4226. Pick and Span Power Washing. Patios, sidewalks, driveways, houses, roofs, gutters, and windows. Commercial or residential. Serving Athens, Fayetteville, Harvest, Huntsville, Grant, and Coleman. Visit their Facebook page and see what they can do for you. Get your free estimate. Call 256-795-0505. Speak and Span Power Washing. We are the NFHS. That stands for the National Federation of State High School Associations. But really, what we stand for... Together with the AHSAA are the 138,000 high school sports students in Alabama. And so we stand. We stand for the runners, soccer, and basketball players. We stand for their coaches, administrators, and officials. We stand for the swimmers, football players, and wrestlers. We stand for the golfers, softball, and volleyball players. We stand as the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and all who participate in them and make them possible. Because it is our purpose to ensure that high school students get to play, perform, and compete together. To learn more about who we are and what we stand for, visit nfhs.org. Keep up with local school, travel, youth, and amateur sports throughout the week with the Play Action Sports Update. Listen weekday mornings at 7.30 and weekday afternoons at 1.30 and 3.30 as we bring you the latest scores, news, and announcements from Limestone County and surrounding communities. That's the Play Action Sports Update three times a day, Monday through Friday on 1080 WKAC. We continue with our conversation on the best of tailgate talk on 1080 WKAC. <laughs> as long as it's lighthearted fun. We can't have a, a brawl there in the you know, Sheraton or where it was you guys were staying. <laughs> yeah. Well, on a side note, so how did the 6'2", 310-pound man uh, become in the county? Um, you know <laughs> what? It, um, it kind of just happened, like, spur of the moment. Like, um, uh, I, I used to post, because uh, my, my goal is to get back into the NFL at, at some point in time. And so I would just, you know, post film of me playing uh, in all these different leagues on my Twitter account and uh, my really good friend, uh, Joey Grant um, came to me. and was like, Hey, I know, I know about a better way that you can go about this, you know, where your film can live and, and you can interact with any opportunity that you might come across. And I was like, okay, that, that works. And then uh, the more and more I started going on uh, GMTM and, and seeing like, man, this is a really good product. I wanted to be a part of it. And Joey was really cool about letting me come on and, reach out to similar guys in my situation that are trying to find opportunities and, and just kind of let them be the person that advertises themselves, you know, and tell That's their cool. story. So, no, it, um, yeah, really how it went is really organic conversation. And, and, uh, I, I love doing it, man. It's, 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 it feels good to be able to try and help 
yeah. guy, not, not just football guys, but any anybody trying to chase their dream or wanting to have a, a say in their own narrative to have a platform in order to do that. Very cool. And that would be a good message for for kids, you know, because yeah. I mean, our our uh, you know audience is is our local athletes and and uh, coaches, you know, and and uh, yeah, that that just be a good message to to send along with them because you know some of these kids start playing, they think they're going to go, you know, college pro and whatever, mm-hmm. and it, life doesn't always turn out that way. Most of the time, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. You got to be. Uh, I remember our coach told me you got to be lucky and good. You know, so there. Uh, you got to have you know uh, a good foundation to start off of, and I'm sure everybody in your area does. And then also just having you know an outlet for being able to be seen. You know, a, a lot of guys get overlooked because you know for whatever reason they're not in the biggest of areas or not in a talent-rich city or anything that anything like that but um you know that's that's really what the initiative of uh, gmtm is, is is to be able to link those guys whether it be a coach or a player to the opportunities that they want to 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 fulfill their dreams so miami is home uh mm. it's hot down there <laughs> it is, it, this it time is. of year I, I is, uh, we we, we got, got uh what we felt like was uh I guess a cool breeze and it was 73 degrees yesterday morning. And it was like, okay, this is like our winter. Like people, <laughs> people got on and sweatpants. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's talking about how cool it was this morning. And then back today we're in the mid eighties. <laughs> right. Well, it's not the, not the highs for me. Cause I, I work down there a lot in Fort Lauderdale, okay. West Palm and Miami I actually go to Miami every now and then. It's not the highs in the in the afternoon because there's always some thunderstorms to cool it down. It's the morning mm-hmm. when you wake up and it's 85 degrees. <laughs> yeah. And you start the day off sweating, man. Exactly, man. It's just so humid down here, too. You really can't get away from it. Just feel like somebody's breathing on you all day. So, it's a- <laughs> Do you ever get you- used to it? Yeah, yeah, you get used to it. But then you but you start to realize when you go to different places, like, just how hot and sticky it is down here. Because 85 here doesn't feel like 85 if it got to that in Cali. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it does not. No, sir. Yeah, it, 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 it feels totally different, man. So you, you appreciate the coolness whenever you can get it. I imagine those high school practices was pretty rough. Um, it, was, it was tough. <laughs> it was the first camp, and we were doing two-a-days and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it was – it definitely helped, helped, helped build, your, uh, build your stamina and your character because uh, it was tough to make it through those. <laughs> they probably have heat timeouts all season long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, everybody needs a break. When the ref is out for water, yeah, we, maybe everybody should take a break. <laughs> That's good. Now, coming out of high school, how'd you get recruited to UCF? Any, what, what other schools were after you? So, um, me and uh, I have an identical twin brother, and we all we both knew that we wanted to go to the same school. And um, we weren't heavily recruited coming out of high school. But um, we had uh, my older brother play, was playing at UCF. So um, that's really, really the reason that we went there. And then um, we had a scholarship offer from FAU and then one to USF as well. But this this was before um, we got offered to play at USF. And then Jim Levitt, I think, I believe it was, got fired like the week later. So it kind of went away after that. So we weren't heavily recruited out of out of high school. 
So you go to play for you go to play for Coach O'Leary, correct? Mm, yes. How was that? Coach uh, O'Leary was a tough coach, man, but he was he was a really really good coach. Um, never promised you anything. Uh, I remember on, one of the main things that even some of the guys talk about now is he never promised playing time or anything like that. Just promised that you were going to get your degree as long as you stayed here for four years, and that's what everybody did when they were there. But we won a lot of games, man. He instilled a lot of good traits in, uh, into us that uh, that I still use to this day, man. So Coach O'Leary was a great coach, and uh, it was fun, man. I made some of my best friends at UCF, so definitely, definitely one of the best four years I've ever had. Then got drafted by by my Green Bay Packers. <laughs> there yep. it is. Yeah, Green Bay, Green Bay was a was a an experience, man. That was my. First time ever seeing snow was playing in Green Bay. Really? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I was wondering how that how that yes. weather shock, especially coming out of Miami, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it, when we were at training camp and it was sixty something degrees, like the first day, I was like, "What is going on here?" Like, I never never been a part of something like this. But it, Green Bay was a really good time and got to play under some really good players and learn a lot that uh is helping me to this day still <laughs> yeah 60 something degrees they're thinking you ain't seen nothing oh I, I, I get i get down there in uh in palm city on the other the, well same coast but a little farther north and it's a 65 degree morning you know and i'm i'm out there in shirt sleeves man these guys coming in with boggins and, <laughs> and scarf wrapped around their neck man it's different man it it's is. different that's fun. <laughs> I love it. So, guys, what else you got to talk to Jordan about? Let's uh, let's talk about next year, next season. It's it's, it's still a ways away. I'm, I'm wondering, being a UCF alum, did you jump on the national championship bandwagon? I definitely did. <laughs> a, a, a thousand percent. Yep. 2017 is our national championship. It's in the college. What is it? Cali World Book Series. Yeah. Recognized as national champions. And um, get a lot of flack from it because, you know, everybody doesn't see it our way, but I'm claiming it. <laughs> now, now, did Coach Frost get in over his head in Nebraska? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know what it is? I think it's just – I still believe Coach Frost is a really, really good coach. But it's it's hard to uh, – the, the type of talent that you need for the offense that he's trying to run is, is – Nebraska is, I believe, a, a hard sell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like um, need speed guys, a lot of guys – from the sunny, sunny parts of the Americas, and this, there's unless you were like born and raised in, because my older brother used to live in Omaha. There's really nothing there. Yeah, there's yeah. cornfields. Yeah, and so it, it's it's a tough sell. Uh, I, I believe he's still a really good coach, but he might have bit off just a little bit more than he could chew. But, but you kind of go ahead. Like a lot of the times, because I've had this question asked to me a lot, is like uh, if I was in his shoes and just went undefeated at Nebraska and UCF called called me and said, hey, you can come be the head coach here, I would leave in a heartbeat because that's my alma mater. That's where I played at. That's where I would like to make a change at as well. So for him to go back to his hometown or where he played college ball at, it's really not. I feel like a lot of people would have done the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Jordan, did you know Mackenzie Milton? Did you play with him? <laughs> I didn't play with McKenzie, but um, I, I go back to UCF often, and um, me and McKenzie have developed a pretty good relationship um, since she was there, and I was always over there training or just visiting, and um, still have a pretty good relationship to this day. So didn't get to play with him, but I know he's a great guy, was a, an amazing player, man, and it's an unfortunate situation what happened to him. Yes. 
and to have the the, the the determination and the strength, the courage to come back from what he did, man, that, that that's a testament to him. Incredible, incredible human being was an amazing football player, but as good of a player he was, he's an even better guy, man. Uh, well, Jordan, man, thanks. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Hope to see you back in Birmingham next year and uh, mm-hmm. get you get you back on the show maybe uh, sometime before before football season. Good luck, oh, man. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jordan McRae, the center <laughs> of the Birmingham Stallions, USFL champions, back to the state of Alabama. You're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talking to BKAC, the Big 1080. Come see all your friends at Applebee's in Athens. 12 minutes guaranteed or it's free Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Seven items to choose from. Can't make it for lunch? Visit them for happy hour, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. or late night. Half-price appetizers with beverage purchase. Six appetizers to choose from. Call 233-4430 or order online at Applebee's.com and pick your meal up with car side to go. Applebee's Neighborhood Grill, Highway 72 in Athens, just off I-65. Eating good in the neighborhood. For screen printing, sign printing, banners, logo design, and more, look no further than that shirt printing place. Located at 709 North Jefferson Street in Athens, call 256-444-1827. That shirt printing place. Visit them online at thatshirtprintingplacellc.com. Look for them on Facebook, too. That shirt printing place. 256-444-1927. That shirt printing place. Takes a snap. He's rolling to his left. He's looking downfield. He's looking at the end zone. There's a jump ball. It's complete. Touchdown, Golden Eagles. Join us this coming season for Athens High School Football. Greg Young will bring you all the exciting play-by-play online at WKAC1080.com or on your WKAC Sports app. You can also hear it on your Amazon Echo or Google Home device by saying, Play WKAC Sports. Listen for the radio replays Saturdays at noon and check out the archives on the WKAC sports page. Golden Eagle football from 1080 WKAC. You've been listening to the best of Tailgate Talk. You can hear the archive of this and other shows online at tailgatetalk.net. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. Applebee's Tailgate Talk is a production of Play Action Sports on 1080 WKAC.